Hello and welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, aka the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar. And today we're going to talk about a walk in the park win. That's right, Chiefs, Rams. It was an excellent win. Well, actually, I wouldn't say it was an excellent win. Never mind. Let's wait to talk about Chiefs, Rams. It was weird, but anyway, it was 26 to 10. So I guess that was kind of easy. Reese, how are you doing, man? What's going on this week? Well, so here's the thing. Uh, you know, I, I get a chance to live the athlete dream right now. Uh, no, I'm not a Make-A-Wish kid, unfortunately. Uh, however, I do have turf toe. <laughs> oh, how did you... Doing what? <laughs> yeah, it's the most embarrassing thing in the world. So as some people's podcast know, my parents would never let me play football growing up because they're like, you're going to get broken in half. I said no, I'm not. So I played college ultimate frisbee, and like the second and month, then you got the, broken in half. No, technically, it's second month. Yeah, I tore my ACL in my left knee and my meniscus, in my left knee, non-contact injury. I was the end of my Ooh. amateur pickup sports career. Uh, now Sunday night, I was so roused after a game of. I'm just kidding. Who even played Sunday night? Was it Eagles? Packers? Uh, Packers. Yeah. I mean, hey, it was a good game. It was fine. It was. It was what it was. Uh, I was I was excited, and uh, sometimes Bowie will flomp outside the house. Like if it's his last piddle of the night, he'll go outside, he'll piddle, and then he'll flomp in the ground. And it's just like ah, come upstairs. So no- I've I've actually seen that happen too. This is this is a true story. This is canonical. So Noel took him out, and I just realized that it had been three or four minutes, and I'm like, oh, he's probably flomping outside. So I got downstairs, and of course, you know, of course, he's flomped outside, and Noel's trying to get him up. So I'm in my slippers, and they're like you know full shoe slippers you know these are nice slippers and i'm like hey bowie come get me because he, he likes playing chase so i turn around i run and as i <laughs> cut to make a left i feel something in my foot just like pop uh, i mean like in a bad uh, way and i immediately couldn't put any weight on my leg and i was oh like no. oh my gosh I'm like the only time i've experienced a <laughs> pop and not being able to put any weight down on my leg is when i injured my knee uh, oh no so i freaked out uh, the rest of the night, because I was like, gosh, dang it. I'm like, it's, it's a few weeks till we're going to you know, celebrate Christmas, and we got to keep Bowie under wraps, and how's this going to work? Oh, jeez. So I went to the doc the next day, and the doc, you know, checked me out and said she was encouraged that I had, like, all my range of motion in my foot and, like, where it was localized. There was no swelling or bruising. So she thinks it's, like, the most infant grade of turf toe, but... <laughs> I do have to wear a boot. So so infant that you like couldn't bear any weight? Well, that's, that's the thing. So a sprain, Alex, if you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong. So a sprain is essentially layman's terms for like micro tears in a ligament. So like a okay. high, high ankle sprain, you've actually torn like the ligaments that support the high part of your ankle. Turf toe is primarily localized to like the ball of your foot and the big toe. So the pop I heard was probably actually getting like micro tears in my ligament right there, which is trauma Oof. to the ligament. Uh, sure. But if it's not like that bad, my Wolverine healing factor can kick in and be like, okay, you'll be fine in a couple weeks. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> Mahomes played on turf toe and a weird like Vulcan neck pinch against the Bills in the 2020 AFC title game. Remember that? Yeah, but I'm curious, like training staff is allowed to 
um, shoot them up with like something that'll numb them. That's not a that's not a performing enhancing drug, right? No, that's to- totally legal. Yeah, it's like some sort of like because I also wonder like because of those injuries, like 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 you said, the injury you just had was very minuscule turf toe. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, and then playing against the greatest athletes in the entire world, like like they have to be shooting them up with like with bear tranquilizers, right? I can't even begin to imagine what they're shooting him up with i mean it's probably a combination of like that and like splinting the toe and i mean just a million billion other things but i mean just because i i get it i could walk on the outside of my foot but just like my big toe was not happening there was like no weight to be born on that toe which is crazy and then like if you're a football player it's 10 times more pain and then sam hubbard's coming at you and about to kill you oh yeah so so anyone who was saying like oh the browns must be the chiefs that year shut up dude the chiefs were gonna drop like a 50 burger on that i mean we saw it they were gonna drop a 50 burger on that browns team until like what was the the third drive is when mahomes got turf towed in the first quarter like after that like the offense was still going but it was obvious that he could roll out I mean, and we 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 converted. The, remember the the fourth and one with Matt Moore, the Chad Henny baby. Put some respect on Henny. Think it's possible. Oh, sorry, sorry, anything's possible. Sorry, uh, we converted a. F- keep that in there. Fine, baby brain. Um, we converted a four and one with Chad Henny. I mean, like, yeah, of dude. course we're going to beat the Browns. Andy Reid had faith in Chad Henny against Miles Garrett. Yeah, no, it's true. I honestly, though, I do wish we had Matt Moore for that game because, like, Matt Moore was a baller, man. Matt Moore was good. Matt, yeah, Matt, Matt Moore won us like three games when uh, when Mahomes got injured, right? Yeah, he uh, he came in and he Didn't won. Did we beat the Packers? No, so he he came in. We set, almost beat the Packers. He came in and he beat the Broncos after the first quarter, which that was still a decent Broncos team at that point. Mm-hmm. Then they played like neck and neck with the Packers the next week until Shady McCoy fumbled and that like kind of put the game out of reach after that point on no but, that was right but then and the then vikings we, i think we we beat the colts as well right no 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 colts was a week before we lost to the colts uh, but mahomes did get his like foot stomped on by cam irving yeah i was i was at that game you were yeah yeah that was when i came back to do carmina barana and you were you were in tulsa doing giovanni oh yeah Yep, hundred ten. Yeah, it was like right at the time when I had moved, and then um, the, my host family uh, they had season tickets, and they were like, "Hey, we're we're, we're not going to go to this game. Do you want to go?" And I was like, "Yeah, duh." <laughs> Where were the so, tickets at? Yep, and then we lost. They were really good seats. Um, shoot, we were in probably in the second section, but like in the front of the second second section. Mm, yeah, dude. Yeah, it was it was prime, dude. I mean, th- those seats had to have been like two three hundred bucks a pop. Oh, I'm I'm sure I'm sure. But yeah, turf toe, not fun. Wouldn't recommend it. Uh, but <laughs> but honest to goodness, I already can put weight back on the foot, so that's no encouraging. So yeah. well, I can't wait for. Stay tuned for next week. We get, we're going to get an injury update from from Reese. Or if you want to know Reese's injury updates every single day, he can do that on Patreon. If you donate enough money, how can they donate money, Reese, on Patreon? Dude, uh, if you want to donate money on Patreon. All you have to do is go over to your browser and go to patreon.com backslash FCSM. That's FCSM. Or for the price of one cup of coffee a month, you can donate and get access to premium content, including bonus episodes, exclusive B-reviews, and mini-series. I know I said last week I would post episode six of Speedy and Angry, but I lied because I forgot to. So 
I'm still sitting on two episodes of Speedy and Angry, ladies and gentlemen. They're coming up. (laughs) With bated breath. Everybody's waiting. Yep. Uh, And social media, you can find us all over the place. Ride found uh, pretty much at Fountain City SM. Yep. Um, Everywhere. Instagram, Facebook. It's great. Logan just texted me as I said that. She said that our dog Nellie is 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 rubbing herself on on Theo's towel after his bath. It's pretty cute. That's adorable. Like, like he like she can like smell the scent and she's like she's happy. That's, you're that's my man. I'm your girl. I'm gonna tell it to the whole wide world. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, what you you just inspired me. We have to name the uh, the uh, losers prize for the Fountain Fantasy, and one of the punishments that I wanted to vote on was the loser has to make like replicate a music video of the like teams or of the fantasy football chats choice. Mm. And and if you are the loser, although you just won this week, yeah, I, I did. Think you would you would be the best loser in fantasy history making a music video oh thank you so much i'd like call in some favors and get like super high production value done on it too just to like spite (laughs) everyone humphrey and all yeah creed humphrey and all no dude i broke my i broke my streak i'm so happy against me kind of yeah against with with my ghost team yeah against ghost writer Contreras. (laughs) yeah man no i'll sit and I, and I even try to like win. Like there there are a few people on the waiver wire that I guess I could have picked up, but like I I definitely took time to like look at that roster and change things. And and I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh like I said, it's it's way too little too late, but my team finally is starting to get healthy, which is great. <laughs> you know, Mixon wasn't playing and neither was JK Dobbins, but you know, Pacheco is finally getting running back one carries. Mark yeah, Andrews looks good. Eh, he's kind of hampered right now, but Herbert played pretty well. Samaji Perrine was playing better. Yeah, man, Th- this team could be dangerous come losers bracket. Well, I was gonna say like you, you definitely. Oh, wait, how do we? No, I guess we'll. The the loser will be like the one with the with the least amount of points. Oh, Reese, you and I. Oh wait, no, sorry, we're not playing each other. Yeah. I just saw my name, but it was it was the other one. But no, it's it's good that your team is getting better, Reese, because you don't want to be the loser of this uh, of this league because we don't even know what the loser punishment is. Maybe maybe we'll solidify that tomorrow. But you are now tied for last place with Kyle. Oh baby, I love that, Kyle. I'm coming for I'm coming for your second to last place crown, my dude. Even though, I'll tell you what, Armando, <laughs> who'd you have you those two Eagles? Wasn't it a uh, Miles Sanders put up like? A billion yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. Oh yeah, my god! Miles gosh. Sanders had a great game. What did he have? Um, let's see. Oh no, he only had. No, he had a ton of points. He had twenty nine points. Holy moly! Yeah, I was watching that lead slip away as the game was going on. It was getting to the. You, you everyone's done this in fantasy football, where it's like you either need a player to score or not to score, and you're getting to the point where you're like, okay, well this is good. So like, if this team scores a touchdown like really quick, this team will have to rebut really quick with a wide receiver versus just like handing it off or dumping it off so that's what i want and you know it's just like dot 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 it's like you know playing out all these crazy scenarios we've all been there (laughs) yes reese won by five almost five points exactly um but i mean i put out the best roster i guess van jefferson had a good game but he only had three more points no he had five more points than juju Mm-hmm. I guess that would have tied it if I would have put him in over Juju. But who's putting in who's putting in Van Jefferson over over Juju Smith Schuster? No one. Yeah, Van Jefferson's not putting Van Jefferson in over Juju Smith Schuster. 
<laughs> Speaking about putting people over other people, USA won, Reese. When's the last time we've we've won and in going into the knockout rounds? Holy moly. I'm excited, especially excited for 2026. This is just the great momentum going into that next World Cup. Reese, you watch the entire USA Iran. Give us uh give us the Spark Notes version and what it means for USA to have this win. I think this is a big deal. Uh, I think in the past, we would have blown that at the end. Or we, we would have just tied 0-0. It was scary. I mean, the, that last 10 minutes, well, 18, because they added 8. Like, that was <sighs> nail-biting. It was so stupid. So, I mean, you can even go back to the last World Cup qualifying round, uh, or, you know, uh, qualifiers when the U.S. team failed to qualify when all they had to do was not lose to Trinidad and Tobago, and they lost, like, 2-0 to right. Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> this is... Like I said earlier, this is a passing of a torch between like the old soccer boomer generation and like the new golden generation where I think for the first time in our lifetimes, I can say this looks like an international level team on the field and not just like a bunch of MLS all-stars. Yeah, so I I didn't see this game because I was I was teaching all day, but um I did try to catch the last like 15 10 minutes and I yeah, I definitely agree with you where we didn't have athletes back in the day, and now we have like legit athletes that are agile, that are quick, smart, and and can run and can run like can sprint with other teams as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I remember the previous teams just being beat all this all the time, and it just seems like they're they're matching up really really well. Um, our goalies, like you said in the past, our goalies are always like Hall of Famers, and it's still proving true now. Did you know Turner didn't start playing until like high school, and then he was like a backup in college. He had a he had like a three blown goals one day and was put on the ESPN like not top ten. Um, what? And now yeah, now he's now he's in the USA. You know. Hall of Fame. Yeah, he was he was in the like like shacked in a fool equivalent uh, oh in ESPN. God, I have to I have to look up the highlight, but it was just like like people were making fun of him because of how bad he was in college. And look at him now. I feel a lot better if I didn't know that going into the knockout rounds. That's a big yikes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so I put a lot of money on on uh, on on USA to beat Iran. I will not be putting money on USA to beat Netherlands. No. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> So, I mean, this is, this is one thing that you probably even caught this just watching the last few minutes of the game, but uh, the USA's youth and inexperience really showed in like the last 10 minutes plus of this game. There were, right. a, lot, like, there were a lot of instances where they didn't chase down clearance balls, you know, and they just kind of let Iran get back to them and set up the counterattack again. It's like, no, dude, it's like run, put some gas and go after that. There were a lot of sloppy passes. Their first touches really fell off, the, just like fell off a cliff. I think there was an instance late in the game. Uh, I can't remember who subbed in for Pulisic, but uh, whoever it was, they were on a, a two-on-one counterattack. And instead of just like dribbling into the corner and eating time, he took like a shot that wasn't going to happen. Like the defender had the angle and like the defender intercepted the shot and they set up the counterattack. And this is like, dog, there's like a minute 15 dribble that out to the corner, do that freaking, you know, like shell box out thing soccer players do in the corner and make them foul you. Take time to set up the free kick. That's like a minute and a half right there. The ref will blow the whistle. 
So uh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that definitely shows an experience, especially like in the biggest moments. He probably just was like, all right, okay, well, I just gotta, I, I gotta do a shot on goal, which was not not the case during that time. But hey, uh, a big win for the for USA. So Reese, what what does this mean for the 2026 team? Or 2026 World Cup. I think you should fill a lot of people with a lot of encouragement. Uh, today was also notable because this was the first time the USA had ever started a World Cup without any starting MLS players. This was all wow. international dudes. I and didn't I know mean, that. Holy moly. And like I said earlier on, like it shows. This is a completely different level of team we're putting out there. And the fact that they're all so young is fantastic. I mean, Pulisic, McKinney... Uh, Geo, they're all, I believe, under 23 still, which means, you know, if if heaven is good to us, we could have those dudes for another four World Cups after this, technically. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. I, I think give them some more experience. I'm glad they made it out of the group stage into the knockout round. You know, anything after this is going to be gravy for this team, but they do need to show up in 2026 because that could be our best possible chance to bite the apple. Dude, uh, imagine Team USA in Kansas City oh in my 2026. Gosh. Dude, imagine Fountain City Sports Media on the ground getting interviews. Oh. Yeah. How many how many cities again are are um hosting? Um off the top of my head, I want to say it's like 14 between USA, Canada, Mexico. It's like there's, there's so where do you, do you think they would give like a, a USA matchup? Give it to LA. I would guess they'd probably give a US. Yeah, probably to LA or or New York. Uh, where yeah. where do they play in New York? Uh, Not like in Manhattan, right? Yeah, they play in MetLife. You know what's that? East Rutherford. Oh, they play MetLife. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yep. They should play in the Rose Bowl out in California, but no, they got to oh, play in dude. SoFi, which is too small to fit a Lame. soccer field currently. Do you know that? <laughs> No, what are they gonna do? They have to take like, out seats. Yeah, basically they have to like gut seats out of there to make a soccer field fit, and it's like you morons. Yeah, but like that—that's the only time SoFi would actually be filled with people. Ch- is if it's like USA Mexico or like oh. USA Argentina or something. Like, you know, like come on, guys. Yeah, that's a very good point. Do they got to put Mexico? Speaking of, speaking about SoFi, speaking about come on, guys. Speaking about people that blew it, just like Iran blew it. Um, the Rams blew it against the Kansas City Chiefs because the Kansas City Chiefs probably gave a, I don't know, a C-plus performance overall. And yeah. with that C-plus performance, and that's being generous, we still won. 26 to 10, Reese. Um, there, there are good things to talk about, but I think the big storyline is like, what happened with this offense? The special teams was in shambles. Um, yet we were still able to have a definitive win, obviously against a very depleted Rams team. I, it's really sad. Like the, the Rams, I think for the rest of the season, maybe out Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson. Wow. Which is like woof. And then by the way, they don't have their pick. It goes to the Lions. It's pretty funny. So that's great. I, I actually was listening to a podcast. This is a little tangent, but it's it's important. Well, not important. It's, it's interesting. You know how in in the NBA, when they do trades, they do trade protects. So like um, it can't be, uh, you know, if it's a top three pick, then that pick goes to the next year. The Currently, 
the uh, the uh, NFL does not have things like that when they make trades. Do you think after the Rams blew it, who else? There's another team that that's blowing it right now and doesn't have any picks. The Broncos, obviously. Yep. Um, and there's one more team that's escaping me. But there's three teams that just don't have picks anymore. And those are going to be flipped to somebody else. Um, do you think that the NFL next year is going to start implementing uh, protected picks? Um, I don't think so uh i mean it's not it's not their job to make sure that teams aren't completely morons with their draft picks am i right but like but like do you think that if someone is trade for example let's say aaron Rodgers, let's say let's say uh the uh 49ers decide they're going to give two first round picks for aaron Rodgers. do you think the 49ers go wait if this doesn't work out and we suck should we now do a pass protection or sorry not pass protection, uh, pick protection for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so you, so I'm trying to fully grasp this like pick protection in the NFL concept. Is this like don't they already have this with like incentives of like depending how well they do depends on no the pick you get really no uh, there so if so for example if the Rams have the worst record in the NFL the uh, the Lions get get the number one pick there is no protection on that pick. Yeah. Um, or like top five protected, top three protected, top ten. That's a, only a like uh, National Basketball Association rule, not an NFL rule. Fascinating. Uh, no, I don't. Again, I, I still don't see reason why they would change things up. Uh, the Rams decided to mortgage their future, and the Rams now have to reap what they sow, which is yeah, they got a ring last year, an but empty SoFi Stadium. Yeah, basically, I mean, I'll, I'll say it again. It's like I'm glad they won, good for them, but you know that that didn't. F- if I was a Rams fan, like that doesn't feel like we won a Super Bowl. That feels like you know we made a bunch of trades and bought a bunch of rental players midseason with a bunch of picks, and you know then they kicked it down the road once after they couldn't win it in twenty or twenty nineteen. So they tried it and doubled down this time. It blew up in their face, and now that team is like shambles, you know, because the foundation they bought was shoddy. So I don't see them going to protected picks. You know, how else are these kids going to learn? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it, I, th- I think NFL is a lot more ruthless than the NBA. I mean, there's a lot more money in the NFL to go around as well. So I feel like there's a lot more bold boldness in the nfl because you need to win right the rams mortgaged their entire um their entire future because now right now their their team is perkins kyron williams and ben scouronic no ben scouronic and that's the LA Rams right now. So, sorry. So let's let's go ahead and chat about this game then. Um, and let's chat about the bad. We'll do a beer review. Feel better about ourselves and chat about the good stuff. Uh, what what happened with this offense, Reese? What 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 was wrong? Well, so one thing that people kind of failed to recognize was yeah, the Rams were without Cooper Cup and I almost said Sam Bradford. Why did I say Sam Bradford? Sam Bradford, Stafford. blast from the past. <laughs> Keep it there, dude. dude. Keep it. That's funny. He was a Ram, wasn't he? Wasn't he drafted as a Ram? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Sam Bradford was. Yeah, he was, wasn't and he it, the number one pick? Yeah, I think he was. From Oklahoma? Yeah, oh, dude, he was look. collecting paychecks for a while. <laughs> this is this is actually more fascinating than, than the game we just watched. Oh, well, our, while Armando's looking this up. So people forget <laughs> that it was Stafford and Yeah, Cup. he was the number one pick for the Rams. Yeah, Dang. St. Louis. <laughs> so they were missing those two guys on offense. 
Uh, but I'm like, that defense is still intact. And like when that defense like really plays, like there's still some talent on there. You know, Aaron Donald up front busting stuff up. Jalen Ramsey, who I think is overrated, but is still a very good cornerback. Uh, so I said, you know, I, I can see this being the Chiefs struggling to put up a bunch of points and actually being kind of, you know, held down a little bit. I thought we'd probably pull out a vanilla playbook, which I think we kind of did to a degree. Uh, and also the Rams have a really good red zone defense. So I think what happened is kind of what I expected to happen. What did you think about the offensive performance? I definitely didn't expect this to happen, Reese. I mean, yes, they are a good defense, but I didn't think that, that the Chiefs would have one of their worst red zone performances this entire season to the, to the Rams. And not only do I not think it was the Rams fault, but I mean, we saw that like bogus interception that Patrick Mahomes I mean, Patrick Mahomes like essentially threw it to, to that defender um, at, at the end of the game. So I, I just feel like there, there was no rhythm and I, I don't, think that it was because of the Rams great defense that there was no rhythm I I just think that they weren't giving it to Isaiah Pacheco look I, Isaiah Pacheco did how many carries I mean okay he did have a lot of carries it just it didn't feel as though there it was a balanced offense I still felt like like Pat was trying to make things happen on third down that weren't happening uh in the red zone he would he would try to run things weren't running we we put out Ronald Jones there to kind of help out Isaiah and then we're like okay well Ronald Jones was good but now let's now let's go back to the passing game I just feel like there we couldn't get into rhythm and and I don't want to give the credit to the Rams I really think it was the Chiefs offense that just wasn't wasn't firing on all cylinders they were pretty disjointed uh looking at the box score yeah pacheco did carry 22 times for 69 yeah, yards 20, that's a lot but yeah. i mean w- without going back and counting i would have to venture a guess that probably at least six to eight of those carries came in the fourth quarter when they were obvious rundowns that they were doing just to eat clock you know what i'm talking yeah, that's about that's a good point yeah because I, I remember at one point he was at, he was at something like 14 carries and he had like a 4.8 yard average i remember they flashed that graphic so i I think a lot of this has to do with just obvious run play situations but like you said mahomes from the interception in the end zone dude i I don't know if you saw the replay he tried doing a no look pass and that's Uh. that's what that's what bit him like you said he just wasn't dialed in and i to a degree i don't think they had to be dialed in considering the offense they were playing and i think that's why they called stuff like a halfback pass in the red zone and they lined up Kalen right. Saunders out wide before the Rams. Well, yeah, and that and that happened right. Um, that that um, that Kalen Saunders um, when they when they lined him up, that was right before that interception, showing us that like they were screwing around. <laughs> like like if you're gonna put him out there, of course it was probably gonna be like a trick shovel pass to Saunders. He was gonna get a touchdown and it was gonna be on social media for the whole week. And then look what happens. Like they the Rams call a timeout. They see that the Stupid stuff's going to happen. So then Pat's like, all right, whatever, I got this. And then he does stupid stuff as well. So like when you, you know, when you F around, you find out, as they say, Reese, as the meme is, you F around, you find out. Yeah. And and that's kind of what happened too. I think, you know, I mentioned this in the group chat. Sean McVay did like the bunker method of soccer too, where 
Oh, I mean, putrid. Yeah, it's, it's like what Perkins threw. I think it was like eight times through the first three quarters or something like that. <laughs> the, the strategy was basically, you know, the best way to win is not to play. So we're just going to like hand it off and just kind of like hope for fluke things to happen. What did what what did this offense look like, Reese? Uh, Rams offense similar similar to who we just faced a few weeks ago uh it, it was basically like the titans kind of right it was yep just, it was exactly if you if it was handoff on first and second and then kind of like have an improvisational rollout run quarterback run on third down and, and just hope you keep moving and reese what what two coaches are highly revered as these young, you know, great whippersnapper coaches in the NFL. Uh, Sean McVay and Mike McDaniel. Or, or Vrabel. Vrabel, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Is Vrabel that young, yeah. though? No, I guess he's not. But, but you know, he's he's a, like a recent hire in comparison to Belichick and Andy Reid and all them. Well, the, 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 this is kind of like commentary that I, I want to bring up now that we're kind of transitioning out of the Mahomes flute game. Like, why? Why does why do we celebrate coaches like Vrabel and McVeigh? And then when you see them against very good teams, they play this like gimmicky offense of, well, we can't beat him. So let's just run. Let's run the ball. Let's let's run Perkins, who just had who just took like two years to recover from a neck injury. Let's have him run the ball nine times. OK, let's have Malik Willis run the ball 50 times and not let him throw like on both of these offenses. I'm just I'm just very disappointed pointed in what we see as these like ooh great coaches not coaching great i think i'll, I'll give vrabel a little bit more of a leash on this one because he has you well, I mean, risk of giving vrabel a, a leash yeah yeah I'll, I'll give him a leash and a pint of beer cheese no i think <laughs> I, I to his to his credit he probably has a future hall of famer in derrick henry who's just an absolute machine so I think Fair. he purposefully based his offense to be more run-based. If Ryan Tannehill, who was like serviceable at play action and not making, just kind of limiting errors, I'll give him yeah. that. But it, it is a very antiquated way to play football these days. Uh, but well, not not necessarily that he was running through Derrick Henry. It was that he wasn't utilizing Malik Willis and he was making Malik Willis run yeah. and do this like weird ass triple option from like USC. 20 you know 2002 yeah it, it, it was pretty weird i don't know maybe both coaches just didn't trust their young quarterbacks to pass because yeah because i think that's the the real thing is i think if sam bradford would have played in this game i think the chiefs put up 34 plus points on him just reese, reese you uh you uh, said bradford again did, did i say bradford <laughs> yeah oh my gosh <laughs> Dude, what is wrong? It's this it's because Colt McCoy's playing right now. He's just throwing off yeah, all the vibes. That that is that is very strange. And if if you watch Hard Knocks, anybody out there, like Colt Colt McCoy is like such a good dude that you definitely are cheering him on when he plays. Anyway. No, absolutely. But but no, anyway, I, I digress. So if Brad damn it, if <laughs> keep keep all this in. This is hilarious. If Stafford had been playing I think we would have dropped 30 plus points on him merely because yeah. we would have had more opportunities on offense. I think we only had eight possessions in this game. And that really and that was with two turnovers late. Uh 
And, you know, they, they say the best way to not turn the ball over to the other team is to not turn the ball over. And how do you limit that? You keep it on the ground. You don't throw it mm-hmm. through the air with a f- third-year undrafted free agent from Virginia and a first or a, a rookie quarterback from Liberty. You know, they're both viable to turn the ball over. So how do you win? You simply do your best not to play. <laughs> yep, bada bing, bada boom. And uh, after this Bengals game, I think we're really going to like see a lot of these Rams-Titans games where we really have a great schedule. Now, because we've seen something like this where the Chiefs are like checked out during one of these games that are less competitive, does that worry you going forward after the Bengals game? Um, I don't think like, so. We're still going to play the Broncos and the Broncos suck. Do you think that the Chiefs are going to like just phone it in for all these games? Well, so let's see. We put 11 after the Bengals be 12. That'll give us five more games. Uh, at least three of those are divisional opponents. So we got two Broncos and one Raiders. We got Texans and who am I forgetting on there? Another crappy team. Yeah, quite possibly at this point. You uh, are forgetting. Seahawks. Oh, actually, Seattle. Yeah, so which Seahawks is a decent pre- team. They're pretty good. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be... Pete Carroll's defense always good. Yeah, exactly. I, I think we're going to be fighting down to the very last week for that number one seed if we are in position to play for it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't see them falling asleep the way they kind of did on this one, which, again, extemporaneous circumstances. When are we going to... Sure. When are we going to run into a a brand new quarterback with no film and suddenly not having to defend a wide receiver and playing an an offense that's just playing not to lose for the entire game? Russell Wilson. (laughs) Oh, dude, if Russell Wilson's playing at that point, they might bench the dude. Run or pass. Run. Yell run or pass. Oh, my gosh. Yikes. (laughs) That is dangerous. Speaking about dangerous or dangerous, uh, Reese, talk about the special teams. Talk about Sky Moore being uh, the punter of no more. Man, Dave Tube is an absolute rube. I have no idea how after, what is it, three muffed punts on the season or two muffed yep. punts that he put Sky Moore back out there to return punts when it's just, it's so obvious that at least at this point in time, the guy does not have it. It's not yep. like it's not like fielding punts is an easy thing to do, especially when you have all these like 250 pound super athletes bearing down on you when you don't know when, and you're not allowed to look at these super athletes bearing down on you because you have to look up at the sky and catch a giant egg shaped leather ball. It's terrifying and it's hard and it's easy to get the yips. I do not know why they kept putting Sky more out there. F. Yeah. I'd- at at that point, it's not Sky Moore's fault for what was happening. Like that is that is completely on tube, right? Like he should know by this point that he is not a punt returner. He is a wide receiver, and he's a very good wide receiver, right? He, he showed us. Uh, he showed us during this game. He, he played incredibly well. Um, but this is like this is solely on Dave, right? There has to be other people fielding punts that you can put out there, especially after like, you know, full, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. This is fool me three times. Shame on me, me, and I'm going to get fired for what just happened. Sure. No, you're not going to get fired. But I mean, not, uh, not only did, did that happen, Reese, but also the fake, the fake punt. We, we fell for a freaking fake punt. How about that? I would be very curious to see if there was a stat. I mean, PFF can probably find this for me. But when the last time in a single season a team was fooled on a surprise onside and a fake punt? 
because Jeez. yeah, that's unacceptable. That's telling me you don't have these guys prepared for these kind of things. And I know there's a lot of rookies on these teams, but like Tube gets like way more leeway with who he wants on special teams and dealing with special teams than like any other special teams coordinator gets in the league. That's a well-documented fact. So I was like, if you're going to get this long of a leash, you have to have these guys disciplined and in order. If we're keeping spots on the roster just for special teams, guys like Marcus Kemp, you have to have them all in order, man. It's going to cost us down the line. Yeah, I mean, these are are plays. One of these plays blows up a, a playoff chance, right? Or like a round one. Two in the same game is completely unacceptable. I mean, it's great that it happened against the Rams who had Bryce Perkins out there. But, you know, say this happens against the Bills, happens against the Dolphins, happens against the Jets even, right? Like that's just not going to fly and it's going to lose us games. So fail for Dave Tube. Uh, Reese, why don't we, let's see, what, are, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, there is actually a lot of great things to talk about on defense. So let's hold off on defense. Anything, um, anything on the offense that you want to put a cap on and it could be good as well. Uh, that you saw from the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, I think good is the fact that Mahomes is still able to distribute to a bunch of targets, even when we're missing a bunch of targets. Yeah. Uh, you know, veterans like McCall Hartman being out, Kadarius Tony, who looked like a great contributor, is also out. Juju Smith Schuster was back, but he was on a pitch count essentially because yeah, they didn't. He was out late. Concussion protocol, but he made the most of his catches. And again, you know, Sky Moore, Justin Watson, these are all first-year dudes in the system. So I think it's impressive that Mahomes is able to distribute the rock as well as he was, and we had so many players catch multiple targets this game. I think that's very encouraging. Yeah. Uh, to add to that, well, just my favorite play of the game was the was the Travis Kelsey touchdown, juking Jalen Ramsey and oh. making Ramsey want to retire after that. I mean, like, again, Travis Kelsey is fast. But he should not be faster than Jalen Ramsey, right? No. Jalen Ramsey is supposed to be a top five, if not the best corner in the NFL. And you don't let Travis Kelsey do something like that to you where you jukes you out and then outruns you after the juke. I mean, that's just like that's totally unacceptable if you call yourself an elite cornerback, but also shows you. I mean, like Travis Kelsey is that good then. Right. If 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 Jalen Ramsey is one of the best corners, then Travis Kelsey beats you. Then Travis Kelsey is way more is more amazing than you could have ever imagined. Can George kill do that? No. Can Mark Andrews do that? No. Can Darren Waller do that? No. Travis Kelsey is him as they say. So there's a Marvel comic where the Hulk fights the juggernaut. And one of juggernauts powers in the comics is that he has like, uh, it's kind of unstoppable momentum is sort of one of his powers. So Hulk, instead of just deciding to kind of fight to like a strength stalemate, decides to use that to his advantage and essentially kind of like sidesteps and throws Juggernaut as he's running so like he can't stop his momentum. And that's kind of what Travis Kelsey does. Like there's this footage going around right now of Jerry Rice running routes in practice back in the 80s. And it's just, it's incredible because Jerry Rice was not that fast, but his route running and his moves just, I could not believe my eyes. He was getting guys like five yards off of him for separation just by like doing a stutter step and kind of like getting them to bite. And because they're so fast and athletic, if they bite, they're going to go two yards. And Jerry Rice is like, I can go two yards in that time and suddenly got four yards separation. That's what Travis Kelsey did on Jalen Ramsey. And that's one thing Travis Kelsey does better than any tight end we've ever seen. 
Looking at you, Rob Gronkowski. Looking at you, Kittle. Looking at you, Shannon Sharp. Boom. Travis Kelsey is him. The Hulk is him. Reese is going to be him right now as he reviews a beer. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for a great beer review by the Reese incarnate, Bach Lesnar. Everyone's favorite time of the podcast. That's right, it's This Week in Craft Beer, the segment of the show where we break down something going on this week in craft beer, as well as discuss and review a delicious craft beer for your listening pleasure. This week, Armando, the story's going to come straight from Kansas City, since I think this is notable news. Ooh. Uh, did you ever go to Beer Station in KC? Yes, and I know what I know what you... Uh are going to say. Armando knows what I'm going to say. So, Beer Station, super dope beer bar. Uh, they have some wicked things on draft. Like, just looking at their selection right now, they have three different variations of Braxis, two different variations of Bourbon County Stout from Goose Island, and a Oof. bunch of other really impressive beers on draft. So, I mean, they, they really were a beer haven. Uh, oh, yeah. Used to go there all the time. I, well, when I lived on Washington Street, I lived like five minutes away from, from Beer Station. Fun times. Yeah. Beer Station's pretty cool. The only downside for me was I was never in that neck of the woods because it's down in like Waldo, right? Yeah, it's a Waldo area. Yeah, and Waldo's kind of hard to get to. It's, yeah, it's neither here nor there. But great spots over there, though. Oh, yeah, there's some great spots. Casey Beerco's in Waldo, Waldo Pizza's mm-hmm. in Waldo, beer, beer stations in Waldo. So, uh, was in Waldo. Do, 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 do. Armando being the Oracle predicting the future here. Uh, the, owner of beer station has decided to hang it up after 10 years gonna go focus on community activism and in its place one of our favorite breweries city barrel will be opening up a second tap room down in the waldo area which is fantastic news because city barrel is fantastic beer armando are you excited for this yeah, this this is like a big stonks move from City Barrel because not only are you growing that brewery that is very successful, right? City Barrel just won something at GABF. I forget what they – isn't there Hazy? They, yeah, they got bronze and Hazy for Rad AF. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, look, Hazy is like the most popular category in America right now. So for them to get bronze with like one of the most competitive categories in America like shows they're on the map. Like City Barrel is here to mess around. So for them to like explore Expand is great, but also expanding with at a notable place in a great location. I think this is great for City Barrel. It's great for the city of Waldo. Sorry, not a city. Um, for the neighborhood, for the neighborhood of Waldo. Um, yeah, that's cool. When I when I go over there, Reese, in, uh, in February, we're gonna have to hit the new spot. Toast Malotes. It's gonna be a City Barrel uh, pizzeria type concept. It will not be the exact same that's as cool. OG City Barrel, but. I heard talk that they had actually tried to get into Brookside, which isn't too far from Waldo. Brookside's like Waldo adjacent, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, Waldo's just like a cheaper Brookside. Yeah. It's it's hard to get a space down there because it's, you know, very high priced real estate. And I think their OG plans fall through, but uh, they must have heard something of the grapevine that they were looking to sell Beer Station and they moved right in. So, congratulations, Beer, uh, congratulations beer Station. Congratulations, City Barrel. Looking forward to more great things in that location. Boom. Now, this week, I found it only fitting. Armando, do you have a Christmas tree up yet? I do have a Christmas tree up. It's beautiful. We also have the stockings up. Um, and we actually just did the Christmas tree, uh, what's today, Monday? Uh, Sunday after after the Chiefs game, we, we uh, put the tree up, got some whiskey nog, 
watch some elf. Nice. It's beautiful. Is it a real tree or is it plastic? We do we, we do fake tree. Yeah, just because there's a lot of clutter for real trees, and we don't do clutter in this family. Nah, dude. Ain't got no stutter, just the clutter. Uh, <laughs> that makes no sense. Sorry, they're not all A's. Um, so <laughs> How about you, Reese? Is your, is your tree up? Yeah, we got our tree up. Uh, Noelle is this... Pl- uh, it, it's a fake tree with, like, lights pre-strung on it. And she got it from Walmart back in like 2011. Uh, it's a nice. good. It's, it's a good thing I noticed this though. I'm like, yo, some of those lights are like Omega level bright compared to some of the other ones. <laughs> and she's like, are they okay? And I go over and I touch them, and they were hot as crap. I oh, mean, no. dude, they were about to like blow go nuclear meltdown. So I'm like, okay, here's the deal. We're not gonna plug this tree in anymore. We can get some more lights and string the tree with lights if we want. But like this tree, now nah, this is just its very last legs. It's safety so, Reese, man. Safety Reese. All this is a fun way of saying, ladies and gentlemen, bust out your Mariah Carey, get out your heavy coat and your boots because it is Christmas season. And subsequently, Armando, I invite you, you don't have to, but I invite you to also review some delicious Christmas seasonal beers in this podcast Ooh, from now until I, the end of the I have, I have a couple in my fridge right now. I'll wait till next week. Well, perfect. Uh... If you don't mind me kicking this off, then getting this in the holiday spirit from Breckenridge Brewery, I have Christmas ale. I don't want a lot for Christmas. I just want Breckenridge a Christmas ale. Oh, yeah. Dude, Armando's going to have to come for last place now so he can make that a music video in the group chat. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> the incredible. Oh, dude. I mean, I am. I think I'm two game. I'm two. No, actually, I'm one game behind you. I'm five and seven. And you you guys are four. What are you, four and eight? That's what's funny, dude. If, if I had literally like two games break differently that came down to Monday Night Football and losing by like under three points, like I could be right in the playoff hunt right oh, now. Oh, yeah. You would you would be 500. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so this is a quick shout out to Bubbles because I had mentioned Bubbles has a good beer selection. And one thing I really like about them is one of their mixed six doors in particular is a lot of macro beers. I mean, I'm talking like Deschutes, Breckenridge, Line and Kugels, Blue Moon, like those kind of things where it's like, yo, there's some variations of these macro brews I'd be interested to try, but I don't want to dump $14 into a six pack. But three for $3.99? Yeah, I'll grab a few of those bad boys. <laughs> so Christmas sale was on that list. I'm about to pop this top, open this present early. Armando, tell everybody how we review beers on this show. We have several categories that we review beers, starting with aroma how does that beer smell we got appearance we got flavor we got mouthfeel we have aftertaste and then after all of that we have our last category stonks drinkability quotient basically meaning how awesome is this beer not only this the taste all of the textures but the brewery itself the can art how it makes you feel anything sentimental about it and we rate those categories 0 to 10. If Reese gives us a lot of 10s, then we will debate whether it goes on the Hall of Fame. That's right, Mount Crushmore. So let's see, Reese. You poured in a glass. It looks beautiful. Give us the aroma on this Christmas ale. I'm getting a lot of malt notes in there, a lot of caramel, toffee. I think a little bit of orange peel, or maybe I'm just making that up, but... No, those are the primary yeah, notes. No, I, I, I had some orange. I actually just had uh, I had this uh, on Thanksgiving, so I, oh. I remember a little bit of orange peel. Okay, right on, right on. 
That being a thing, it's, it's not a very aromatic beer, not a super strong aroma. I'm just going to give it a, a flat seven on aroma. Flat seven. All right. Excellent. How about appearance, Reese? What, is, what does it look like on your end? It looks pretty thick. It looks lovely. Head retention looks good on, on my end. It definitely looks darker and thicker on the camera than it looks in person, probably because I have light behind it. But the, the ale itself is a very beautiful red color, almost like a, a kind of ketchup meets ruby color, if that makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, getting a little bit, yeah, amberish, bronzish. It's a pretty beer. Head, it had an inch of head. It's retained a very largely uniform half inch of head on there. Lace is sticking to the glass like a like a bad ex-girlfriend, man. I think <laughs> appearance of this beer looks very good. I'm going to give it a 7.6. 7.6. All right. My ex-girlfriend wasn't very clingy, so that's probably good. Anyway, uh, 7.6. Great. Flavor. What's the flavor on that one? Oh, yeah. That's very nice. Very malt forward. A little bit of hops in the back. Get kind of that bready yeasty taste to it. Actually, quite a bit of quite a bit of malt now. Uh yeah, it's very drinkable. Kind of get some coffee notes in there as it opens up. Uh little tangy on the sides, but I do believe this is a winter warmer ale, is it not? It sure is. Yep. So I mean it's warming me up at 7.1%. Ooh, I'm gonna say I forget that seven one point seven point one. That's a good ale. I'm gonna give that a straight eight. All right, straight on flavor, excellent. How about mouthfeel, Reese? How does that how does that feel? It's uh, like you said, it's that ketchup ruby ruby uh, look. Does it have that ketchup ruby mouthfeel? You know, Mahomes' third kid could be ketchup ruby. Realistically, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, like they're they're going naming them after like precious metals Dude. and stones. Oh my gosh, Reese has like the best zingers. That like, how did how did that come out, dude? Ketchup. Of course, that makes sense though. Loves his ketchup and loves his Infinity Stones. Do you know what someone else said that because his his son is the third, maybe that's why he's bronze. Oh, that's so a like good the point. dad is gold. Patrick Mahomes is silver, but no one calls him silver. Although his dog is silver. Mm -hmm. Um. And then the third is bronze. Maybe that that's just someone put that on Twitter. And I'm like, eh, maybe that's why could be. Uh, where were we at mouthfeel? We said, <laughs> <laughs> dude, who cares? Dude, we're talking about the birth of, of a baby goat. That's very true. Dude, what if your yeah, kid mouthfeel. winds up being like the rival to Mahomes' kid in the NFL one day? Oh my gosh! It dude, can what happen. If, what if I what if I hire the like the like Mannings to like coach my kid? And then, like, Pat has whoever he has, you know, like, Andy, and and then we just have this, like, Avengers war. And his kid is mobile, but my kid, I can't run for <laughs> Oh, he can't say that, but he can <laughs> block it out. But but I got a big brain, so he's just going to be this great, like, pocket passer. Just cerebral mind, just like pure Joe Burrow, just like knowing where his reads are going to be and hitting them. Also, wait, what was I going to say? Also, he's he's going to be able to talk a lot of crap because that's what I do best, too. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Larry Pat Bird. doesn't seem like he tops crap, crap though. Nah, Pat Pat's, doesn't talk crap. Pat, he does when he needs to, but yeah, he doesn't really. O only to Max Crosby. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> mouthfeel. <laughs> mouthfeel. It's a very sparkly mouthfeel. A little bit of kind of tangy feeling on the side of the mouth. It's a pretty light drinker. I would liken it to heavy water. 
I'll give mouthfeel on this a 7.6. All right, 7.6, not bad. Then we have Aftertaste, Reese. How does that feel on the back end? You get the same flavors you do on the front or different? Uh, I actually get a lot more smokiness in the aftertaste of this beer. Yeah. Not 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 crazy, but just like the longer it sits after a sip, yeah, the more you're getting like campfireness, which, you know, if you're having a nice, delicious, malty sort of meal and you get smoke coming from the fireplace and it's winter and it's cold outside and you're in Breckenridge, Colorado, that's exactly what you want. Uh, it's a very old school kind of aftertaste on that. So I'm going to give it a 8.6. I like my smoky Ooh. aftertaste. You know what's funny is I when I had that beer I feel like I got that on the front end almost I got a lot of smokiness on the front end oh yeah so it's curious that you get on the back end and on the front everyone's taste buds completely different last but not least Reese is Stonk's drinkability quotient how awesome is this beer tell us about how it makes you feel you know I think something i really like like i said is seeing where some of these macro breweries of the late 80s early 90s are now and just seeing where they fall in the grand scheme of things and like i alluded to i don't want to drop you know 14 bucks on a six pack of beer nowadays not in this economy not right now not when there's so many options out there and so many beers to try so that's why i'm thankful i had the opportunity to try this beer from breckenridge i know they make a lot 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 of good stuff it's easy to get lost in the noise this day and age this is a fantastic winter warmer, which can be kind of difficult to find. It's sort of a niche-ish style. But of all the winter warmers I've had, I have to say this one does winter warm me up the most, which I think is a cool feature of the beer. So for that reason, Stonks Drinkability Quotient, old school cool meets winter warm. I'm going to give it an 8.6 again. 8.6 all right all right pretty awesome good scores all around maybe not on our mount crushmore but um this isn't this may be the first christmas beer that you have reviewed unless you've reviewed one in the past years but i guess this year this would be the only one so when i review one we'll we'll stack them all together and kind of make our own christmas like ranking yeah that'd be fun because well, i already slopes. have one of my favorites in the in the tank oh baby I, I got a few more in my fridge I'm looking to pop out, so it's going to be a, a very Merry Christmas. Christmas beers are great because, like, in the summer, you never want to have these styles of beer. No. And it's not like pumpkin ale, you know what I mean? Like like October beers that are just, they're very specific, where I feel like Christmas beers, they can be drunk year-round. It just, it just hits different. Totally. It's in December, man. Yeah, there's a time of year in the middle of summer where it's like, man, I just want a dark, malty, amber ale. And that's essentially what a winter warmer is for all intents and purposes. That's lovely, man. And flip side, too, in the middle of winter, sometimes like, yo, I just want a crazy, hazy IPA, you know, even though it's like five degrees outside. So you have one, but then you go back to your quadruple barrel-aged stout that's 14%. (laughs) For, uh, For Thanksgiving... Um, I, I've been, you, you know me, I've just been crushing Pilsners for like months and months, but Thanksgiving was like the first time that I was like, you know what? I'm going to slam some IPAs with my father-in-law. You know what? I'm going to switch over to this Christmas ale stuff. So now my, my taste buds are changing just in time for our, for our Christmas ale December reviews. Stay tuned for more ladies and gentlemen, as we are going to do a lot more Christmas beer reviews, but in the meantime, stay tuned immediately for some great Chiefs defense highlights. Stay tuned.
starting the Christmas ale extravaganza. I'm sure Reese will come up with a better name soon, but the, I'll just say the Christmas ale extravaganza for the month of December. Um, well, actually, we're not even December yet. We're almost in December. So a great way to kick it off with Reese's beer. Another great thing that we want to kick off is the defense of the Chiefs which was great, actually, against the Rams. Again, we played Bryce Perkins, we get it, but still, a lot of a lot of things to look forward to for the rest of the season and into the playoffs. Uh, Reese, let's talk about Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton getting the game-winning interception, basically. Um, not only that, but ha- has double-digit sa- um, tackles, sorry, with 11 tackles against the Rams. Just looking really great, man. Can you, wh- What are you seeing from Nick Bolton? You and I have been talking about this the entire season and the previous season talking about Nick Bolden being an all pro linebacker and it's looking like he's going to do that this year yeah I'm very excited with the development of Nick Bolden I know there were some dudes that people wanted us to take in front of him in the draft uh, they were a little worried about his size and athleticism but I'll tell you what one thing you can't teach is the intelligence and the instinct that Nick Bolton has it was on his tape in Missouri that he just has a nose for finding the lanes and getting to the ball carrier and he is probably a top three tackler in the NFL. I, I mean that. Not a hitter. I'm talking yeah. he he grabs you and you're coming down. So it's fantastic to see that that aspect of his game is translated from his Missouri tape into the NFL. Uh, he's a fantastic leader. He's got hustle that don't quit. And I think he's actually gotten a little bit better in coverage than he was last year as well. So Nick Bolton, I think, is playing at an all-pro level. And you got to watch out when that listing comes out. Yeah, it's great because Nick Bolin is not the like highlight reel guy like like Marcus Peters. Like Marcus Peters is trying to grab the ball and like be a top ten, you know, ESPN top ten. Where like you're right, Nick Bolin is a fundamentals technical guy with with fire, which is like what we had never had on the Chiefs before. And now Brett Veach just like picking all these guys, right? Like Brian Cook this year, Justin Reed, these guys that just have great technique, uh, but also have a fire lit in front of them. And Nick Bolin's kind of leading that charge. Um, not only did he have the interception, but look, Bryce Perkins, nine carries for 44 yards. Cam Akers, who I know Sean McVay doesn't like, but Cam Akers is still a, a decent running back. Cam Akers, eight carries for 37 yards. And then Kyron Williams, by the way, if you are in fantasy football and you're in a dynasty league, I would look to grab Kyron Williams, by the way, for next year. Uh, didn't have a good game, but I think he's going to be the cowbell going going forward. Uh, Kyron Williams, 11 carries, 35 yards. I mean, just like great numbers, right? They carry the ball 28 times. Like that's, that's a ton of times to carry the ball. Um, and Nick Bolin really, like you said, is is getting better in coverage but also um, is great with run defense so loved what we saw from Nick Bolin and it's going to be great against like I said these teams that have a very balanced offense like the Bills like the well not the Eagles we might not see them Uh, but hey we might see them in the Super Bowl we'll see Uh, knock on wood if we get there Uh, even even next week which we'll talk about as well anyway great game by Nick Bolin another player that had a great game was LeJarrius Sneed LeJarrius Sneed also has another uh, another great interception and also is getting pressure on those blitzes, made some huge tackles in the running game as well, including for one for a loss. Reese, what are you seeing from LeJarrius Sneed? How excited are you about our secondary? Well, you know how I said Nick Bolton was a top three tackler in the NFL? I got to say LeJarrius Sneed remember. might be up there as a top three tackler in the NFL as well. We're very blessed right now to have two at least top ten tacklers in the NFL. 
Legereus wow. Sneed originally drafted as a cornerback who played safety in college, giving him dynamic range in what we ask him to do. He's not a shutdown cover corner by any stretch, but he's a very reliable cover corner. He is vicious in the slot and absolutely deadly in the blitz. As we saw in this game, he was dialed up to call pressure a lot of times. One time he actually got up there and batted down a pass just in the middle of the blitz. Put yeah. his paw up there, knocked that thing down. He's extremely athletic. Uh, he also is, much like Nick Bolden, has an intuition for finding the ball carrier and wrapping him up and ending the play right there. I think Legereus Sneed is developing into the player that we hoped he would when we drafted him. And I think the reason we didn't keep Charvarius Ward is they planned on mortgaging that money, pushing it down the line, and we eventually have to pay Legereus Sneed to keep him around. Yeah, no, and I agree with everything you're saying. This is actually going to be a great segue into our um, our next topic, which is going to be the the Bengals preview game. But uh, talking about Legereus Need, uh, our favorite PFF, it's working in our favor, so we, so we might as well highlight it. Um, PFF rates the following: um, the first ranked cornerback is Sauce Gardner this year, which is very impressive, uh, with a with a rating of eighty six point seven. Number two on the list, Reese. Legereus Sneed, the second best corner, according to PFF, with an 86.5 rating this year. Third on that list, Jalen Ramsey. Oh, wow. So Legereus Sneed, even though we don't like Jalen Ramsey, these are, these are star cornerbacks, right? And no one outside of Kansas City, I think, would venture to say Legereus Sneed is a star cornerback. But I think he's starting to make his name. We've seen him against great talent this year. It's not like he hasn't been playing anybody, you know, playing, you know, Joe Schmo, although he did last week. Um, he, he's been, his feet have been to the fire and he's been producing. Not only that, but we have Trent McDuffie in 158 coverage snacks, snaps, Reese. Uh, Trent McDuffie has allowed just 10 receptions for 88 yards on 19 targets mm. among uh, rookie cornerbacks. He ranks first in um, in yards uh, receiving at 8.8. He's also fifth in passer rating allowed and third in reception percentage. So he is also among the greats. And even though we're talking rookies, Sauce Gardner's a rookie and he's the best corner in the NFL right now. So. We got two great corners, Reese. I'm so excited for the future of this defense. And I know we were really touting that at the end of last season. We were like, man, this defense can be special. It's special now. It, I mean, it's good now. I'm not going to say it's elite, but it's good now. And now Patrick Mahomes has what he wants. He has a defense that is going to at least give you an average performance every single game. And we know Patrick Mahomes can take care of it from there. He, by the way, he's undefeated in his entire NFL career in November and December, which is just wild. So, Reese, we have the great Legereus Need. We have the great Trent McDuffie, who we're going to need next week against the supposedly great Cincinnati Bengals. Reese, what are you most excited about? for this game hey i don't mean to backtrack but just before we go to cincinnati Bengals, can i throw one hot take in there absolutely it's a combination hot tack uh, hot take and cold snack take back but we saw them both go head to head in this game is it possible chris jones has surpassed aaron donald as the best interior defensive lineman in the nfl this year absolutely unquestionably chris jones should uh be 
above Aaron Donald. Not only that, but he should be the defensive player of the year this year. I think he leads. I think there's only one player that is beating him in sacks. But other than that, he he looks like a freaking machine against some really great offensive lines. I know the Rams are not as such, but yeah, Chris Jones playing amazing. I don't know if we put their if we put their careers back to back, I don't know overall oh, if no, I would no, pick no. Chris Jones, but, uh, but this year, undoubtedly Chris Jones is the freaking man. He's doubled Aaron Donald in sacks right now. Uh, they're both facing a lot He's of doubling him in sacks. Aaron Donald. That's got, embarrassing. Yeah. Chris Jones got him 10 to five right now. I, you know, I think much like a lot of those Los Angeles Rams, I don't want to say they got complacent once they got a ring, but I think once the ring came, you know, the fire was gone. Uh, mm. And, you and, know, and Von Miller was a huge, a huge part of that team. And people were like, oh, no, whatever. The Rams still going to be good. They're three and eight. Exactly. Yeah. So I have to issue a cool snack take back to Chris Jones. because I really called him out at the beginning of the year saying, like, you don't look like the number two defensive tackle in the league. And he said, that's right, because I'm not number two friend. <laughs> and he goes in there and <sighs> he's been a dominant force this year, not just in the sacks, but in getting knockdowns and causing pass rush, breaking up plays. And I just haven't seen the same impact from Aaron Donald all season long. Yeah, actually going going to your point, Reese. So like, of course, the Rams are in shambles, but a lot of it has to do with their offense being in shambles. Now, Aaron Donald is is injured after the after the Kansas City Chiefs game. But previous to that, they were still pretty healthy. The Falcons put 31 on them. The let's see the Carolina Panthers put 24 on them. Uh, the uh, the 49ers 31 points An Andy Dalton led Saints team before us put 27 on the Rams. So I don't want to hear a team that is led by Aaron Donald um, Wagner Ramsey like you let Andy Dalton you let Colt McCoy put 27 on you you let Andy Dalton put 27 on you I don't want to hear it from you Rams fans or from you NFL.com truthers Chris Jones is the man we love him Aaron Donald see you later I'll drink to that now speaking of which seeing the giant kaiju of Chris Jones on the skyline makes me pine for some skyline chili of Cincinnati so let's talk Bengals all right. I love that. I love that segment. Okay. I'll tell you what I'm excited for. Then I'll, then you tell me, and then we'll do predictions. So Reese, like I said, segueing, segueing from Trent McDuffie and Legarius Sneed is now going to these all pro, all studs, uh, wide receivers on the Bengals that lit us up. Look, Jamar Chase lit us up during the regular season and in the playoffs. Well, guess what? This is new. No Trivarius Ward, no Rashad Fenton, no Baker, no Mike Hughes, an incredibly different cornerback led team. And if we have Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams as our th- third and fourth option i like our chances against this all pro randy moss jamar chase tyler boyd um rashad higgins i am excited i want the Bengals at their best on sunday i don't want them to be banged up i want their best against our best corners and i want the world to see how Big of a mistake it was for the Bengals to be in the Super Bowl, the worst Super Bowl in NFL history. We're going to show them what we're made of. This is going to be the turning point game where people are going to say, okay, this Kansas City Chiefs secondary is legit. They're here to stay. Anyone want to come up against us? Bring it on. 
Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, the second coming of Marvin Harris Jr., Randy Moss, we're coming for you. Man, I agree with you in that this is probably the biggest measuring stick for this young secondary all season long, particularly if LeJerry Sneed and Trent McDuffie both play. It'll be really interesting to see. You know, one thing I'm worried about is the fact that the Bengals do have a lot of those big bodied, tall NFL wide receivers. You don't really see across the league as much as you used to. And they kind of feast in that middle coverage area. And that no man's land between the linebackers and the secondary is really vulnerable for us. And it has been under Steve Spagnolo. Do you trust Spags to have the secondary lined up, disciplined, and ready for this game? I will not be surprised if we have one blown play. Like I am I am not going to throw my chair or like throw my beer on the ground if there is a blown play. I I I foresee that happening on like a 3rd and 15. I can see Sneed coming in for a blitz. I can see Bolton coming in for the blitz and then Burrow sees a one-on-one matchup with Joshua Williams and like Tyler Boyd and throws it up the top. I think something like that's going to happen. Um, and you and I have debated about this before. I know you are not a big fan of Spag's blitz packages. But for me, I'm like, you know what? If we blow one in order to get so many different blitz packages that then scare the heck out of Joe Burrow, I'm okay with it. So I say that I trust Spags, but at the same time, I will concede there's probably going to be one blown like 56 yarder on an island for Joshua Williams. So I hear what you're saying, but the one thing that as much as I, you know, clown on Joe Burrow is that you he doesn't get scared. And that's the issue is that I I'm not gonna, But he gets hit. He does get hit, but he got hit 9 times against the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs last year and that still didn't scare him enough. Uh I think you know, Joe Burrow's not that mobile, but he, like Kirk Cousins, he's just mobile enough to slip out, roll yeah. out, and hit a dude downfield. I think what worries me about Spagnolo and his blitz packages is that I think I, I kind of have to agree with Buffalo Mike on this one, and that I actually don't think Spags is that great of a defensive coordinator. I think he's like an elite and potential all-time defensive line coach, in particular in dialing up blitzes. I think he's a mastermind at that. But a lot of times his packages, as we've seen, particularly on like third and long, is just, bro, okay, don't let him get like 14 yards. You can let him get to fourth and seven, fourth and eight. Just don't let him get to fourth and four. Or even better, don't let him blow up this play. And Spags' defense starts and ends with, okay, we're going to send the front four, we're going to send the linebackers, and we're going to send one safety to blitz. Everybody else, you're on man coverage. And it's like, okay, great. So what happens if they don't get to the quarterback? It's like, well, I don't know. Say the secondary better do their job. But the thing is, the secondary has not been doing their jobs in one-on-one jump balls. And that's one thing Joe Burrow specializes in, particularly with these big-bodied, very push-offy wide receivers. Yeah, no. So I I agree with you and Buffalo Mike that you know Spags does a bad job of helping the secondary and that they there are so many like corners that are on an island as opposed to a a Bills defense or as opposed to like a Steelers defense where there is support in the secondary. Um, but again, I am conceding that and saying that 
I I do want to see Joe Burrow get sacked and not that it's going to rattle him, but that we kind of take that away from him, right? We, we take the legs away. We maybe take the running game away. Cause like you said, Samaji P Ryan had a pretty good game on the ground. I don't know if Joe Mixon's back, but I guess it doesn't matter because they actually have a pretty good running scheme that they can put in a Samaji P Ryan and have two touchdowns for a hundred yards. So I think if we can take away that part of the field um, and watch this showdown of Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed versus L- Jamar Chase. Tyler Board, Rashad Higgins. I'd, I'm really excited about that, and I think that we succeed at the end with something like that. I definitely hope you're right. I think a lot of it will have to do with putting the right cornerbacks back there, which means putting Legarius Sneed and McDuffie in coverage in those one-on-one islands and not leaving it up to Josh and not, Williams. Yeah. You know, if that happens, I'm going to be pissed and I will definitely like be pissed with you. Right. If if we see a Joshua Williams, a Jalen Watson continually continuously matched up against some of these elite guys where like it's not that they're motioning like to them, but like they're preset in a position where Jamar Chase is. And Spags is like, well, good luck. Yeah. Although <laughs> even before injury, Jamar Chase had not been himself this year. He, he wasn't the same wide receiver we saw last year. So. Hopefully he's in a bit of a sophomore slump. Uh, I actually want to talk about that, about, about the Bengals. So the national media is saying that the Bengals are back, right? They're, what's their record right now? Seven and four, and they've won their last three. You know what? I'm, I'm going to give them the last three, and why don't we talk about the last one, two? Let's talk about the last six games, Reese. Okay. So in the last six games, they are five and one. Let's talk about who the quarterbacks of those teams are. Tennessee, Malik Williams, Pittsburgh. I don't even know who, uh, uh, Pickett. Yep. Carolina. I don't even know who was the quarterback for Carolina. PJ, PJ Washington. And all those games they won. Cool. Then they lost to Jacoby Brissett's Browns. Then they beat the uh, the Atlanta Falcons in uh, Marcus Mariota, and they beat Andy Dalton in the Saints. Those are their past six games in which the national media is now making this narrative that the Bengals are back. They're back because they beat Andy Dalton, Marcus Mariota, Baker Mayfield, Pickett, and Malik Willis. Are you kidding me? And then they're not talking about them losing 32 to 13 against Jacoby Brissett's Cleveland Browns. I'm sorry. I am not buying this Bengals chiefs, like AFC rematch. The Bengals are not the team that they were just like you said, Reese. And I think we're going to see that in this game. I don't think this game is going to be close. I'm bold because I am enraged by that AFC championship game. I was at a chief's bar for the first time in Colorado Springs. I was so happy to be with all these people and we were cheering in that first half. We're like, Oh my gosh, this is great. This is going to be an easy win. I was like, I was like four beers back, like dreaming about the super bowl. And then the second half hits and it was like one of the worst days of my life. And I haven't, I haven't not thought about that day since Reese. Every single day I wake up and I think about that game. Me at that dive bar with all the Kansas City Chiefs fans and I cry every day. This game is the game that we're coming back. Patrick Mahomes had this marked on his calendar. He said he said that it was my fault that we lost that game. And we are going to be ready for it. We are ready for this week. This is a regular season game, but I think all Kansas City Chiefs in that locker room, they're ready to stonk, Reese. They're ready to stonk. 
That's a very good point. I think this game could go a long way in exercising the ghosts of last year's Cincinnati Bengals failures, both of them. I think what this game could tell us is if we go into Cincinnati and beat the Bengals, I think I can say like this Chiefs team is a serious Super Bowl contender. Like this legitimately could be our year. But if they come up short against the Bengals another time, I am probably going to say, well, the ceiling of this team is still Super Bowl because there's enough talent on them. But there's obviously something still wrong with this team that likely is going to come up sometime in January and trip us up in the playoffs. And that's ultimately what happened last year. Uh, Now, the two things last year that killed us was poor secondary play as well as complete lack of running play on the offensive side of the ball. And by and large, we have shored those things up. We've talked about how great the secondary is getting and, you know, Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, a bunch of young talent. They're deeper, less handsy. And on offense, Isaiah Pacheco seems to be the answer to being a running back one that can keep other teams honest when it's time to run the ball, but we still want to keep the passing game open later on in the game. Add in Melvin Gordon and Ronald Jones. I think you have some horses that can run. McKinnon. They can pound between the tackles, and they can keep eating clock and keeping the other teams honest and not just dropping eight in coverage the way they were in the playoffs. Yeah, no, Reese, you, you bring up very good points. The the two things that lost that AFC championship game have been fixed, right? Maybe, maybe they haven't excelled, but they've been fixed from what they were. So I can't wait to see a balanced attack against the Bengals the entire game. And I can't wait to see some McDuffie and some Legereus Sneed shut down happening. Reese, what is the score prediction for you? I'm going to say Chiefs 32, Bengals 35. Yeah. I, I, I think... There is something about the Bengals' style of play that just doesn't match up well with our defense. And until we can exercise and beat the Bengals to prove otherwise, I don't see any reason to believe otherwise. I think they're going to convert a lot of third downs, keep a lot of drives going. And I think we're going to score points, but I think they're going to put up more points. I think there's going to be some Bush League. We have them third and third and 12, final drive, and... He throws a 50-50 ball as he's wont to do. It's going to come down. That McPherson guy who only hits kicks when it matters is going to kick like a 48-yarder and you know do some sort of like gritty and think he's the coolest, hottest guy on the planet. That's my prediction for the game. But please, <laughs> prove me wrong. Well... Reese and I are very different in when when we make predictions because Reese is very practical and I am way more emotional, which is which is what happened be, before this Rams game where Reese was like, you know what? I think this might be close. And I was like, Reese, what are you talking about? Bryce Perkins, Ben Skokronkrich, uh, <laughs> banged up Aaron Donald. And but Reese was right. Like Reese, you know. Reese was practical and said, you know what? This is one of those games where the Chiefs might just be like phone it in. And they did phone it in. So I want to say, Reese, you're crazy for picking the Bengals because of the fire. But I did that last week and I, I, I'm cold snack taking back that right now. So I can't I can't tell you you're wrong because that's definitely an, a viable option. But I am just so fired up and I am my hope is that the Chiefs are so fired up. This game is going to be a blowout. 
Chiefs 31, Bengals 17. Oh my gosh. If we hold the Bengals to 17, I would just like completely lose it. That'd be great. I have no facts for you. It is all heart and fire. I mean, again, not to hedge my bets. I'm just saying it was back in like the 99, 2000, 2001 season. I cannot remember who it was, but there was one team that always had the greatest show on turf Rams number. And I think it was either like the Saints or the Panthers, neither of whom were good at that point in time. Hmm. They just had the answer for the greatest show on turf. And if it was Carolina, it's like, don't tell me that Kerry Collins or Jake DeLome is greater than Kurt Warner. Get out of here. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you who the quarterback was for the Saints at that time. If it was the Saints, was it? I mean, Duke McAllister probably wasn't even on that team. And we're talking like Scrub Central. So I'm just saying, if if the Bengals do win, I don't want to hear anything about like, oh, Joe Shiesty or Shardy or whatever his name is, you know. <laughs> Coming in, and he, he beat Mahomes with this box score of 270 yards and, you know, one touchdown courtesy of his wide receivers doing all the work. So that's all I'm saying. I, if it goes to that, I'm going to roll my eyes. I'm just going to say whatever. Either way, oh, uh, an emphatic win, a close win, or a loss, we will have a lot to talk about next week. Um, I have a cigar already ready to go, Reese. If we win, you will see a post on Instagram, TikTok, all the places where you can find us on Kansas City Sports Media with me with a cigar. Reese, if you partake in cigars, please join me if we win. Yeah, you'll see You'll see me take a fat rip from a jewel pen and just like throw it up because I can't <laughs> hold it <laughs> bowie bowie starts like trying to eat it and noel's like stop <laughs> stop <laughs> and then you like slip and just like break your mcl again <laughs> yeah right that's a usb <laughs> stick it's not even a jewel <laughs> That's Fancy Sports Media. Thank you, Kansas City fans, for listening. I'm so excited for this weekend. I mean, no, no matter the outcome, we're so excited for this AFC rematch. Let's go, Chiefs! We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to get access to premium content, including bonus episodes, exclusive beer reviews, and Speedy and Angry, our latest 10-part miniseries into the Fast and Furious franchise. Check us out on social media at Fountain City SM for info on the podcast, memes, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for performing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. Mm-hmm.